Welcome to Mystical Musings, February 19th, 2017. Now in our 14th year here in the Mile High City of Denver in the Walker Fine Art Gallery with Myron McClellan and me, Lawrence Phillips. We are here near the Civic Center heart of the city in one of the oldest of the Denver neighborhoods, the Golden Triangle, known for its numerous art galleries, restaurants, and neoclassical architecture. Those of us who identify as spiritual but not religious, who are non-sectarian, non-denominational, non-doctrinaire, are the fastest growing demographic of the sacred communities in America. Thank you for joining us today, creating our community of mystics, people finding unity with God, the breath of life, the gentle whisper, the great spirit. As a community of mystics who know beyond the intellect, spiritual apprehension of truths. I am because we are. I am because we are one, celebrating body and spirit. Welcome to today's meeting of IA. I'm Lawrence, and I'm an imperfectionist. Hello, everybody. Thank you. Today's mystic portal, becoming kinder, the art of imperfection, wabi-sabi. In terms of the daily living of our lives, Perfection is the enemy of the soul. Kindness, loving kindness towards one's family, one's friends, tribe, and even worthy opponents, and toward oneself, is a mystic practice in great demand right now. The Japanese philosophy of wabi-sabi is a paradigm founded on the Buddhist three marks of existence, impermanence, suffering, and emptiness. 
which cultivate kindness through compassion. The wabi-sabi aesthetic includes simplicity, intimacy, and deep appreciation of the ingenious integrity of the natural world. Let us find our way toward more loving kindness together today with our mystical musings. When you hear the bell, shift something in the embodiment, whether you release in the jaw, the eyes, the breathing, your awareness of how you're supported in the ground, from the ground up through you, the chair, something organic. Since the root of the word perfection comes from the Latin for doing completely, it is not that we have anything against perfection or completion. Michelangelo's David is a work of magnificent perfection. The Bach Brandenburg Concerti are works of rapturous perfection. A sunrise or sunset are the creator's works of perfection. A flower is perfect. There are many perfect moments in life. Where perfectionism is perfidious is in the attitude of daily living with ourselves and with others, wherein we can get oppressive with a heavy-handed approach about being right, being righteous, dominating, being judgmental, being ego-oriented, having to do something just one way or just our way. Wabi-sabi is a very functionally oriented aesthetic and includes the qualities of elegance, beauty, spontaneity, and ease. Think Zen garden, but with a little broken branch. Imagine so many natural Colorado settings. We come to acceptance of less than perfect, not out of resignation, oh darn, wabi-sabi, <laughs> nor out of disguised avoidance, oh good, wabi-sabi, but rather, I accept, allow, and appreciate those qualities in myself and in others that are less than perfect, and as such, comprise a foundation for compassion, empathy, gentleness, you, you know, kindness. Acceptance of imperfection in daily life, the art of imperfection, wabi-sabi, can be useful when we get afraid, an emotion that seems to be ricocheting a lot in the collective of late. Rather than judging our fear or getting angry about our fear, the wabi-sabi of fear allows us to feel this often challenging emotion without shame, but with an attitude of curiosity. Gee, what is this about? Where do I feel the sensations associated with fear in my body? What does my fear link to in my prior history? <laughs> or my prior history? 
What happens to my breathing when I get afraid? What happens to my posture? Am I willing to work with my fear? Or do I avoid the experience? How can I better use my fear as grist for the mystic mill? How can I allow myself to more fully face my own fear and gain the gift of fear, which is wisdom? Remembering when we're done consciously with our fear process, remember to let it go. And then ground, ground for one minute in something loving, peaceful, joyous. Humanity has throughout the ages lived with a binary thinking paradigm, right, wrong, yes, no, us, them. Witness the current extreme polarization politically in our country, each side subject to perfectionistic thinking. Wabi-sabi, the art of imperfection, makes room for kindness, for nuance, for forgiveness, compassion. Somewhere beyond right and wrong, there is a garden. I will meet you there, says great-grandfather Rumi. Somewhere beyond right and wrong, there is a garden. I will meet you there. Perfectionism is so easily witnessed by noticing our projections onto the outer world, especially our leaders. The clue is revealed in our upset, if it's chronic. That we are, in fact, projecting and not just observing. And remembering, our upset is a set up for us to face our incomplete, unfelt, unintegrated, deep-seated emotions from childhood. Perfectionism derives from the incomplete education of our emotional intelligence. No matter which side of the aisle you are on, there is wabi-sabi as applied to our current politics. President Obama spoke often of the inherent messiness in our American democracy, that is to say, the inherent imperfection in our progress toward a more perfect union. With the ever more fierce urgency of now, magnified by the media catalyzed by exponentially changing technology, we tend to focus on what is right before us, losing sight of the trends as well as of history. The larger trends tell us unequivocally that many things are getting better, better and better globally. Literacy, life expectancy, infant mortality, a significant lessening of extreme poverty, the ongoing green revolution in agricultural productivity, the awesome potential of personal computing and of the internet. Our evolution, evolution as a civilization seems to require pressurizing polarizations to create, from the mystic perspective, the diamond that we humans most are. Perfectionism tends to assert a right way to do things and a wrong way. At higher levels of human endeavor, this may very well be a needed perspective, but not for daily living. Perfectionism is inimical to heart, to soulfulness, to compassion, to kindness. In my client work with coaching people and improving their somatic and emotional intelligence, I have found over my 40 years that the first big question and the first big challenge in the work is, am I doing it right? a very limiting view on how to explore and learn. 
the innate wabi-sabi of most young humans is playfulness, curiosity, openness, wonder, kindness, empathy. We have these stamped on our souls from inception. Wabi-sabi lives in us always, ready for mystic exploration, ready for us to engage in the lifelong learning of the art of imperfection, cultivating in ourselves and with others the spiritually exquisite quality of loving kindness by expressing gentleness, for it is the gentle and the meek who shall inherit the earth. Expressing ourselves gently, growing loving kindness intentionally, we send goodwill, warmth, and joy to others in prayer, in action, digitally, and in contemplation. It is so easy now to beam loving kindness with a text, an email, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook. It's the easiest now that it's ever been to beam love all around the planet just for the love of it. Science shows us that practicing kindness has many benefits from improving our sense of well-being to giving relief from illness and improving emotional intelligence and with being less self-critical. Studies on growing kindness within show increased love, joy, contentment, gratitude, pride, hope, curiosity, amusement, and awe, which help enhance our sense of purpose our social connectedness, reducing depression, and improving our sense of satisfaction with life. One of the best tools that we have for developing loving kindness is letting go. This art of being imperfectly human rests on letting go, which we so frequently get to experience with each and every Exhalation. Rather than just being automatic, maybe on this next ex exhalation, consciously let go of something. Maybe of anxiety. Maybe of jitteriness. Maybe of fear of the current situation in our politics. Exhaling while simultaneously softening our faces. Letting go of the fear of facing fears. Letting go of our self-righteous anger. Letting go of demands of others that they live up to a certain standard. Experiencing the art of imperfection, we let go to the best of our ability. Opening spontaneously to the remarkable unfolding that the contemplative mystic life brings in abundance with wabi-sabi. Namaste. It is so great to be with you. 
today. This really feeds me the energy that we bring here. The love, the open-heartedness, the open-mindedness, the joy that this community brings to Lawrence and me is really, and I'm sure to you too, it's really beyond expressing. One of the changes that I notice in myself is that I am practicing umbuto more than ever. I am because we are. So I find myself in my prayers not feeling like this is Myron's prayer. It's like it, it's the community prayer. And so the community I think of, of course, is this community. So thanks for participating in my prayers. Uh, and uh, continue to do that. It really means so much to us, all, to, to Lawrence and me also, that you pray for us. And we feel it. We feel your prayers coming to us, and it is just, it is just blessing the soul. And we try to send that blessing out into the world. Our sense of separation is fading, and what is coming in its place is our sense of union. And knowing that all that is, is inside me. Everyone has within himself, herself, the Christ light, the Buddha nature, the part that is always with God, the part that is always loving, forgiving, nurturing, and kind. So thank you for participating in my prayers and participating in my life. We pray for you too, every one of you. And we have a good thing going. So now we move to um, silent prayer and connect with all the others on the planet who at this very time are doing the same thing we are and wanting to bring healing energy to bring love and peace into the tumultuous world. Namaste.
what's a good suburban mystic supposed to do <clears throat> in the face of what appears as endarkenment in so many regards? The immense challenges of climate change, nuclear proliferation, terrorism, corruption, polarized politics, immigration, to name but a few. We're not told much about the population growth slowing down, that we are getting more connected than ever before in human history, that we are wasting less and consuming less. We're not told much about our living in a relatively stabilizing world. There are many things about which to feel frightened, but there is no reason for us to fear each other as much as we do. We tend to focus on the immediate bad news, and there sure is a lot of it. But there are also some extraordinary positive wild cards. Infant mortality is falling worldwide. More children are going to school and learning to read and write and are going on to university than ever before, with the highest number of them being women. Robotics is emerging as a potent economic force. Life expectancy has gone up worldwide from 64 to age 70, with the biggest jump in the poorest region on the planet, Africa. The proportion of people living in extreme poverty was cut in half between 1990 and 2010. While still a minor part of the global energy mix, solar power generation in the US has increased by a factor of 1,000 since 2005, with the price dropping dramatically, coupled with new transformative battery technology. And notably, the second half of the world is getting online, mostly with mobile tech. What's coming as probable disruptive technology, though not yet as evidence for mass transformation, includes ingestible nanobots, yum, <laughs> algorithms that predict human behavior, as well as self-aware drones, and roadways currently being tested in France made up of solar-powered panels. Two things do give us hope. The ongoing exponential arrival of new technology and also the younger generation. And this younger generation has a very different attitude than their forebears, a global attitude, a global identity, a generation less motivated by money and more by making a contribution. Now, what provides us evidence of incipient mass transformation? This month's transformational evidence emerges from the tech world, voice computing technology. Arthur C. Clarke, the eminent science fiction writer, says that sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. A point proven by fast developing voice tech. Say a few words into the air and a nearby device grants your wish. Amazon's Alexa will summon music, as well as radio stations, tell jokes, answer some trivia questions, and control smart appliances. When I ask Siri on my cell phone, who is the fairest of them all, she says, well, you are, Lawrence. <laughs> it helps. Every little bit helps. 
Apple's Siri handles over 2 billion commands a week. And 20% of Google searches on Android devices are by voice. For Microsoft's Cortana, as well as other digital assistants, dictating texts and emails is now pretty reliable. Why type when you can talk? Voice is transforming computing as it provides a natural means of interaction. Rather than complex keyboard commands, or windows, icons, menus, or even touch screen, talking abolishes the need for a user interface at all. Computers without interfaces have the huge potential to make computing more useful, powerful, and widespread than we can today imagine. No doubt there remains further technological development required as well as resolution of the trade-off between convenience and privacy. Courtesy of deep learning, artificial intelligence that trains software using millions of examples taken from the internet, machines now almost equal humans in transcription accuracy as translation systems rapidly improve and text-to-speech becomes more natural sounding. Right now, the technology is still limited by machines' ability to understand the meaning of language, that is to say, context. Simple commands are working well, but holding more complicated conversations is still elusive. Amazon is offering a $1 million prize for the bot that can converse coherently and engagingly for 20 minutes. In many situations, voice is far more, uh, far more viable than other options, like when we are doing something else, say driving, working out, walking down the street. Computing power can be extended to people unable for whatever reason, for example, age, or ability challenge to use screens or keyboards. The potential transformation is gigantic, even on the use of language itself. Simultaneous translation via computer will render the need to learn a foreign language redundant. Minor languages that are at risk of vanishing can be preserved for future generations. The last big shift in computer tech was the touchscreen. Many see voice tech as even bigger. Hence, this month's evidence for mass positive transformation. Namaste, shalom, Christ be with you. Assalamu alaikum, adieu, adios, aloha, namaste. We honor the place in you wherein the entire universe dwells. We honor the place in you which is of love, of truth, of light and dark, and of peace. As you are in that place in you, and we are in that place in us, we are all becoming kinder. Namaste. In all 
our experiences of ourselves and others, in all our thoughts and in all our prayers, we are living a life of love. And that's what we're called to do. Live in loving kindness with one another and with ourselves. Being kind to ourselves is a language quite easy to understand. Loving ourselves sometimes can get abstract, but being kind to ourselves is what brings kindness into the collective, brings kindness into the world. We are here to serve. We came here to serve. That's our purpose as mystics. We're always looking for, how can I serve? In times of radical change, like the time we're in, that can be a, an open question. How do we serve during this time? As mystics, how do we serve? We serve by loving life, by loving ourselves and others, and particularly loving our so-called enemies. It's so easy today to criticize what's going on in the world and to criticize the people that we think are causing all of this turmoil and upset. That criticism makes things worse. What our leaders need now is not less love, but more love. And that's our job as people who have discovered that the ultimate reality is unconditional, transcendent love. And when we know that, we know that that is what we need to follow. That's the path of love. Now, the path of love is different from following doctrine because the path of love is a path of devotion. And in every moment, devotion. It is a path of originality and spontaneity. And in the momentness, we don't just love in the morning and leave it behind in the afternoon. That doesn't work because we are love. It's not love as an action, but love as being. And all of our action, no matter what it is, if it comes out of love, it's efficacious. If it doesn't, it's not. In fact, it's harmful. 
So the joy for the mystic in this time is that he or she can love freely. Just open our hearts and love everybody. It's exuberant. It's wonderful. And as we do that, the barriers to our expressing love and being love and living love disappear. Now, one of those big barriers has been the attempt to be perfect. And as we were preparing this month, I was surprised to find myself thinking I had to be perfect in everything I did. Perfect. Otherwise, the inner critic would come up and say, no, no, no. That's a waste of time and energy. And it's not being kind. And it's not spontaneous. And it's not being in the moment. So our activism needs to come out of love. But often being who I am, I'm uh, more aware of being than acting. So, uh, a beingist. <laughs> That's how I describe myself to myself now. A beingist. And that beingness leaves us open to grace all the time. Open to grace. Open to having joy. Open to our guides and our angels and our masters and our avatars. And allowing them to come into our lives in a very strong way. And the only thing we need to do is ask for that. With all the changes going on, I'm always losing my car keys or, you know, I'm, it's like, where am I going? What direction am I going in? What's this for? That kind of thing happens a lot for me these days. And so I'm so happy that there are guides, right? You know, tell me where I'm going, guide me. And it, you know, I'm getting to the point where if I can't get the lid off a jar, I ask for a guide. <laughs> That's the truth. So if Lawrence isn't around, I'm depending on the divine. <laughs> And I am serious about this because this is a time more than any time I've known in the nearly 50 years I've been on a conscious spiritual path where help is immediately available. Immediately. 
You know, you say, where are my car keys? And your eyes go right down to there where they are. I mean, honestly, try it. There are these little miracles happening all the time and major miracles happening for us because we are the ones who, knew, who know to let go and let grace do it. Not to force, just to let go and make ourselves available for blessings, for grace, for joy. And do it wholeheartedly. Without the mind coming in and saying, why do you think you deserve this? Well, it's not a matter of deserving. It's just a matter of you ask. And it comes. Sometimes I don't know what to do with myself during this time. So I ask my guides, what should I do with myself? And this is the first answer that came. Chop wood and carry water. <laughs> you know, that's the teaching of the Zen Buddhists. It's like just concentrate on what's in front of you. And it really has helped me enormously because if I'm folding laundry, and I know I talk a lot about laundry. I'm a laundry <laughs> mystic, I guess. I don't know. But it's, it gives me such consolation to just do that and, and wash the dishes and get rid of all the clothes little by little that I haven't worn in 10 years. To do those basic things in life chop wood, carry water. And of course, what we realize when we're doing that is that we are concentrating on what we're doing. We're not thinking. And thinking is exhausting and it's not efficacious. It puts us in our head. You know, I mean, you have to think from time to time. I'm glad we have a thinking mind. But spiritually, it's not very handy. In fact, it can stand in the way. So, chopping wood, carrying water. The other th thing that comes that does not allow the thinking mind to interfere with what the heart is doing is doing nothing, is doing meditation but doing meditation, not to get above your thoughts, which is a standard thing we do, right? I mean, that's, there's that still point that we search for and can find. But really, the meditation we're guided to do these days is total heart meditation. Total heart meditation. Meditation is about feeling and it's about feeling the divine presence. And all you have to do is sit still and say, I want to feel the divine presence. I want to bathe in that. And I want to sit here for as long as I can and allow that presence to be there for me. And so that was the second thing I was given.
again, we all came here for service. And so our service as mystics depends on what's before us in the moment. But we're always asking, how can I serve? Putting love into the collective is service. And it's the service that only we can perform. And we need to. Imperfect in every way. Just good enough. My friend, Phoebe Sophocles, thought she was going to open a bakery and she was going to call it the good enough bakery. (laughs) 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 Which I thought was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Just good enough. (laughs) And if we have that in our daily life, Instead, instead of criticizing ourselves, well, I didn't do everything perfectly, you say, bah, good enough. Good enough. I can't tell you how much I've been influenced by perfection. So, you know, if my sweater has a wrinkle, I won't wear it. It's like, let go, it's good enough. So it's really been something that makes me worry less and be present more. You know, a thing that, this is the other thing that I'm reminded by guidance this month, is that each of us is perfect. Each of us is perfect. That's the bottom line. We are perfect beings. And when we know that, and we know that all we need to do is be ourselves, then we are serving. The more I can be authentically myself, the more perfect that is. Every one of us is needed. Every one of us on the planet is needed to co-create a world beyond law, a world beyond duality, a world of union, and a world of heart. And that's what we're here for. That's why we came in right when we did. To make that offering to the divine presence and make that offering to ourselves and to others. When you are yourself, you are being perfect. Perfect. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. I translate it as, be ye therefore perfect, because your God in heaven is perfect. And since you are 
the God in heaven in your soul, you are perfect also. Perfect. It's a deep realization, and it has to come by grace. You can't figure that out. You can't make a list and say, oh, I'm good at this, and I'm good at that, and all of this makes me perfect. That isn't the way it works. It's a transformative matter. It happens. And when we know our own perfection, then we know the perfection of everyone, right? And then that, the love in that, gets grounded in our world in a very powerful way. You know, we talk about how difficult the time is now, times are, and yet, and I agree, but then, you know, I began to feel this amazing joy arising within me. I didn't create it, it just comes and it's just joyful. And I think of how amazingly blessed we are. How amazing it is that we can know about the divine presence and bathe in it. It's a miracle. It's the biggest miracle ever. But little miracles are happening all the time. And I'm grateful for those as well. So rather than letting the chaos in, we go inside ourselves where there is no chaos and send that blessing out in peacefulness. The only way we can be peaceful is by surrendering to the divine. Peacefulness, profound peacefulness, is a gift. And you can't get it. I don't care how many years of therapy you go through. <laughs> you can't get peace that way. You can get a lot accomplished, but you can't get peace. Peace is what we ask for and what comes to us. And because we are the ones who know that despite what's going on and what it looks like, everything's going to turn out. That's just the way the universe is made. Everything is moving toward the recognition that all is love, that all is beauty, all is wonder, and all is joy. So that gift of peacefulness given to us by the divine, we put out into the collective every time we feel peaceful. Every time we feel peaceful, it blesses the world. Every time we're walking in love, it blesses the cosmos. So, Rudita said to me a while ago, isn't this an exciting time? And it is a very exciting time for the mystic. Because we can freely open our hearts and freely bless everything and know 
including blessing ourselves, and, in, and know that that's making a difference. We're being beingists as well as activists. Beingists. So, beingists and all that it carries with it is worth ascribing to. Love yourselves, be kind to yourselves, be truthful with yourselves, and be peaceful. And that's your gift to the world and your gift to all the rest of us. And I look out at this group and I know how beautiful, rich, and meaningful the gifts of your heart are to the world. The gifts of your heart to yourself, to others, and to ultimate reality. I feel blessed by your openness, your joy, and your love. And I feel that that's all that's just going to grow. As I grow more peaceful, as I grow more loving, so does everyone. So again, I thank you that I can be in your presence. This lasts me for a month. It does, you know. And I go into my meditation with all of you. I hope you don't mind. God love you.
Remembering, coming home to your body. with the following, allowing for some free association. Watch what arises. What are the chronically repeated actions in my life that I least like? What are the qualities in others that I least like? Remembering the wabi-sabi of loving kindness <clears throat> does not absolve us from having integrity from keeping our word, from having an observer who is a true fair witness. Where in my life can I be kinder with myself, with others? Where can I be kinder? How in my life might I practice cultivating loving kindness? What follows are mystic gemstones set in the foundation of life designed to sparkle our hearts, given to us by some of the most brilliant hearts on the planet. So we don't get too anchored in the cognitive realm. Attributions for these mystic gems are available on the table behind me or by email. What I would recommend though it is just a recommendation, is to uncross your legs, move into open position, let go of any things on your laps. Just open a little more than the habitual. Letting us continue to evoke presence with breathing more fully that we may draw forth our inner sensing as we allow the shimmer of deepened presence. And just letting these be present to you, maybe without the visual, shutting off the visual cortex if you wish. So you go into the areas of the brain that we often neglect, 
understanding the difference between healthy striving and perfectionism is critical to laying down the shield and picking up our life. Research shows that perfectionism hampers success. In fact, it is often the path to depression, anxiety, addiction, and paralysis. Perfectionism is a self-destructive and addictive belief system that fuels this primary thought. If I look perfect and do everything perfectly, I can avoid or minimize the painful feelings of shame, judgment, and blame. There is no perfection, only beautiful versions of brokenness. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. Embracing being perfectly imperfect, learning from our mistakes, forgiving ourselves, and we will be happier. From Grandfather Rumi, when we start walking the way, the way appears. Kindness is the language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. My religion is very simple. My religion is kindness. A warm smile is the universal language of kindness. Constant kindness can accomplish much. As the sun makes ice melt, kindness causes misunderstanding, mistrust, and hostility to evaporate. You cannot do kindness too soon, for you never know how soon it will be too late. Kindness in words creates confidence. Kindness in thinking creates profoundness. Kindness in giving creates love. Beginning today, treat everyone you meet as if they were going to be dead by midnight. <laughs> Extend to them all the care kindness and understanding you can muster and do it with no thought of any reward, your life will never be the same again. This is my simple religion. There is no need for temples, no need for complicated philosophy. Our own brain, our own heart is our temple. The philosophy is kindness.